Good morning, Henry. How are you today? Wonderful. Good morning. I'm pretty good. How are you? Ah, uh, not too bad. Definitely that not too bad promising. today. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still recovering from last week's episode, the Arctic Winter Games. The finger pull still <laughs> gets me, but it's just I've 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 now looked up some of those sports on YouTube and saw some videos, and that's amazing. <laughs> it's really it's, amazing. It's stuff. quite amazing what kind of uh, uh, skills you need for that. It's definitely different from regular winter games. Also, the head pull doesn't look very healthy. I think no, it doesn't. <laughs> But okay, okay, okay. Um, we are going to direct our attention to something else today, and it's an animal, a very important animal in the Arctic. Yeah, it's like the, the undisputed king of the Arctic, and at the same time, like the iconic symbol uh, for climate change, and it's the polar bear. Right. I've seen um, one polar bear so far. Like in 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 the wilderness up in Svalbard. That's all. Oh, I, that's all I have. What was your impression? Well, so so what happened is we were on a ship and we sailed in, uh, in between in a, through, through a sound and then there was all of a sudden there was this uh, polar bear and it swam across the sound in front of the ship, and we stopped the ship and. Just let it be. I mean, you got to be very careful around them. Not just because, I mean, they couldn't have done anything to us, but you don't want to disturb them. And exactly. That's the that's the main intention yeah. for uh, regulations, for example, in in the Arctic area. Right. And the, then it then it just swam across and it got on land, and we watched um, fairly far away, but uh, it it went up on the side of a snowy hill, and it slipped down the hill and it tumbled down the hill and I think later we learned that that's uh, I mean it looked like it was having lots of fun but later I think we uh, found out that it was more like it was drying its fur and yeah it, it looks a little bit like a game but indeed it's part of the natural behavior to dry fur yeah. and it was impressive uh, especially as uh, our guide he he watched it with the binoculars and he noted he, he noticed that it was not chipped I think normally they have like a most of them have a collar on now that you can track them, um, and it was a, it was a kind of an, an uncolored polar bear out in the wild. So, so, what do you think? Why is it so important to chip them? Well, I my my understanding to this point is that polar bears are getting more rare, and you you want to know what they're doing. You want to know if they. If they migrate and that kind of stuff. So, what do you think? How many polar bears do we have in the Arctic? I have no idea. Anything I could say at this point is probably way off. So, you tell me. <laughs> it depends on the counting. We have between twenty-two and thirty-one thousand polar okay. bears. That's um, what the estimate is. Um, Where are most was, of them? Those chipping is actually um, a way of trying to get a better overview, a better idea. We have some grey areas on the map, um, which is mainly Arctic Russia and uh, northeast Greenland, where we don't really have um, a number, where we don't really have an estimate of how many um, individuals are living there. We have a pretty good overview in uh, the Barents Sea, around uh, Spitsbergen and Franz Josef Land, and we have an even better overview in Arctic Canada and Alaska. So that's where the 
um, population numbers are quite well um, registered. So those areas give us um, an idea about the total um, amount of uh, polar bears. But as I just said, it's an estimate. And uh, I I know when we when we were up in or when I was up in Svalbard, we uh, couldn't get around Svalbard towards the north and the northeast because that is apparently where most polar bears are in that area. Mm -hmm. um, so we were kind of lucky to see one um, where we were. And on the other hand, you, I believe you don't really want to run into one when you're out there on foot. I uh, know. Definitely not. They're dangerous. It's the largest uh, bear in the world. It's uh, a huge animal. It can get up to 700 kilogram um, heavy. This is something you you don't want to run into. That's for sure. It's uh, a very fast animal. It uh, tends to look a little bit um, lazy when he starts walking. But when he starts running, he will outpace you. With, Easily. Without yeah. doubt. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what I remember up there is that uh, our guide always had to have a gun with them. They they get training, they have to carry a gun. Not that you want to shoot a polar bear, but as a last resort, I think you also had some uh, a special gun that only makes a lot of noise and uh, yeah, we scares have a lot them of, away. Uh, we we have flares with us and um, definitely sharp uh, ammunition. Um, the The gun is the main intention of the gun is to scare a polar bear away, and the last resort is when it's uh, not uh, scared off or it's too close already, then uh, you have the right to um, shoot a polar bear in self-defense. But to be honest, if you have to do that, you probably haven't done your job properly. Um, mm -hmm. Our main job as guides in in the Arctic area is to spot polar bears, to just be aware that the polar bear could be around. We are in his habitat and not the other way around. Um, so our main focus is on not harming those animals and not to disturb them, to uh, yeah observe them from, from the distance, from a safe distance. And if we encounter a polar bear closer than, than we expected, then the main intention is to scare him away and not to shoot him. And and Shield normally, is the very very last resort. And I believe normally that is the that that is possible because polar it bears is, are kind of yeah. shy, aren't they? Yeah, they are pretty scared, especially when it comes to noise. They have very very sensitive ears. Uh, they actually can just by uh, knocking on the sea ice, they understand uh, how thick it is, and they find uh, the thinnest parts to make their hunting hold on the sea ice just from from listening mm -hmm. the the water underneath the ice. So that's definitely um, more likely that a polar bear just got scared off. Uh, definitely much healthier than, than shooting one. So when would a polar bear attack you then? When he's too close and when he's, um, uh, yeah, when he thinks or she, but, but, um, to put it in a better uh, way, when she thinks uh, you are a threat to her cops. Okay, so that's a protective mechanism yeah. as well, yeah. When there's no way out, if there's uh, if she if she feels or if a, if a polar bear uh, feels um, backed into a certain area without escape route, then it will attack. Or when it's starving for um, for several months and it's uh, very very desperate and getting food, and he smells the food of a chem, for example, then there might be a chance that is so desperate that he's rather um, accepting to be scared and um, enters a camp anyhow.
but that's very very rare so how many cases of i mean have you seen a polar bear in the wild maybe i have seen one polar bear in the wild yeah it's um very interesting you you get those um uh maps or uh, those charts from uh polar bear um conservation groups where you actually can classify polar bears and that was a skinny one skinny is like um yeah close close to death it was starving quite a lot where you can see you can see um the rib cage quite obvious very very thin animal um and uh yeah i got told from uh, my expedition leader back then uh, that this animal is very likely to die in uh, yeah in the near future because when you have such such a skinny polar bear, um, it's unlikely that he can um, get enough food um, to yeah maintain his body functions. It's also if he gets enough food, his body will probably be overwhelmed by by the amount of it, and he will never recover from that. At one point, uh, they get too weak anyway to exactly. continue hunting. I remember that encounter well, with where we saw it from the ship, and later on, um, I think a couple of days later, we went on land to do a bit of a hike, and we run in. We ran into um, footprints of the, probably that polar bear, um, very likely. And we what, still. What was your feeling at that moment? Oh, it was interesting because you you <laughs> kind of heard everything about them or a lot about them, and uh, then our guide was he looked at the footprints and he um, th he decided that we go in the other direction, but we do our hike, and uh, he was very alert and everything. But mm -hmm. um, it was they weren't from the same day, so it was was very likely that the polar bear was far away at this point so we uh we chanced it we did the hike and we stayed together as a group made sure that um the, that the guide was the first one to look around corners and that kind of stuff to make sure that they would spot something but again the polar bear was obviously gone in the other direction at that point but yeah it's kind of a it, it makes it very real all of a sudden because you see it's all a these tense situation you see these photos and they are beautiful and the polar bear is really majestic and at, is, the, yeah. at the moment where you where you at least get the idea that you might become lunch for one of these it's not a nice <laughs> feeling now so what what's the um what's the diet of a polar bear so what's what's he usually eating what's his eating habits it's seals i guess exactly it's yep. high fat uh, seals and um if he has a choice he would rather eat the blubber of the seal, which is the big fat seal fat layer, which, uh, which rather can than be the quite seal meat. thick, right? We're talking yes, like exactly. 20 centimeters of, of, of fat, pretty much. Or yeah, more. He, would, uh, he would rather eat the whole blubber and leave the meat than the other way around. Mm -hmm. um, that's because his metabolism needs um, less water in digesting um, blubber than meat. And in fact, he's producing water in the, in the body when he's uh, digesting blubber but he needs water when he digests uh, meat so he would need to drink more fresh water which is not that easy accessible in the arctic area um than uh, when he would eat blubber so in, in fact he's more interested in the blubber than in meat so eating a human um would rather be a very desperate move for a polar bear unless it's a very very heavy human with a lot of blubber 
Yeah, like me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking down at my belly at this point. Okay. Um, so the the photos. I think everyone has in the last few years probably seen uh, one or two photos of this uh, starving polar bear. So that yeah. that is real. That is not just a. I mean, climate change is doing something there, isn't it? Or why why is the polar bear? Why has he become uh, the the icon for climate change. What well, do you think? Because those, because because of those photos, and because the polar bear kind of depends on hunting on the ice, I guess. Exactly, and that's the, the ice main is going away. Point. His habitat is the sea ice. Um, the polar bear is considered to be um, a marine mammal, so it's it's uh, his habitat is on the ocean, on mm -hmm. the frozen ocean, on the sea ice. And since the sea ice is just shrinking uh, continuously, his habitat is just disappearing. So he he's um, not so much uh, trained on uh, on hunting on land, but hunting on the edge of the sea ice or on the sea ice itself. What is the percentage of the? I mean, if you if you look at the location of polar bears, what is there? What is the percentage on land versus the percentage on on ice? Oh, that's very tricky to say because uh, basically the polar bear on land is uh, a summer phenomenon and uh, usually uh, during wintertime, as soon as the sea ice extends mm -hmm. again, uh, he's on the ice. He's which, rather on the ice than on land. Which, by the way, reflects in the name of the polar bear here in Germany, which is ice bear. So it's the ice. It's in a lot of yeah. um, cultures. It's more uh, a white bear or an ice bear Even than a Norway, polar bear. Even in Norway, it's the Eastbjorn, right? Yeah, exactly. In um, indigenous language, it's usually Nanook in several different writings, but that's um, kind of the Inuit and uh, the indigenous name in uh, Northern America. In Northern Russia, it's a Bieli Medved, which also means white bear. Um, but yeah, the, the white and the ice is usually in most of the languages part of the name of the bear. So that's um, definitely the referral to um, his habitat. Mm -hmm. One thing I learned is when we when we spotted that polar bear, um, that you just that, that is not a good idea to get closer to them. And I'm not talking about them being a danger to you, but you being a danger to them. By because if you get too close, like when the, with a ship, for example, if you get too close to them, there's a good chance that you that you might be the reason why they change their behavior, why they might stop a hunt that they're on, why they might just go a different route and that might change something. And uh, from what I understand is that most polar bears up there are, I mean, it's a very fragile system and it's a very... Um, food is not easy to come by for them sometimes. So if you change their behavior, it might be the reason that they don't eat that day and that that might lead to difficulties, might, like, might lead to them not surviving. So exactly. watching them, I think, is the right thing and from a distance is also the right thing. That's the, the main concern when we travel in the Arctic. Um, we are guests in, 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 in those regions. We are not native there. And even the natives are considering themselves more guests than being a part of the of the life cycle there. And this is very, very important for the understanding when we go on uh, cruises in those areas, because we need to understand that um, 
when we encounter wildlife, we try our our best to not disturb it, to um, just observe from uh, a distance. And if the animals decide to come closer, that's a different story. But we are not getting closer. That's part of our job there to just um, make sure that we do not disturb the natural behavior. Because as you said, when we disturb the behavior and they just stop um, a hunting uh, process, we do not know if the polar bear is at the end of his own reserves and he needs to um, yeah, to hunt, uh, to, to, to feed. And if he disturbed that, it's kind of likely that he might just die or we just affect the, the animal. And, and, uh, and a that's lot something of, we try to avoid. And a lot of animals in the Arctic are in kind of permanent survival mode, I guess. Yes, because the, 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 the main um, task for them during the, the summer is to get enough energy and enough fat to survive the cold winter. Yeah. Now, there are, of course, places like uh, villages or cities in the Arctic where there is a chance that a polar bear might... that Where, where you have a bigger chance of a polar bear encounter if they come in. Um, Longyearbyen, for example, on Spitzbergen, on Svalbard. One of those examples where um, polar bears every now and then come into the city. Uh, is that increasing now that their habitat is shrinking? Uh, yes, you you have increased numbers um, in, in the whole Arctic area where polar bears are spotted um, more frequent. But we still talk about five to ten incidents a year. It's not like having a polar bear in the town every single day. Yeah. Um, a polar bear would naturally avoid that because the artificial light, the noises of uh, civilization is something that scares a polar bear. So he, he needs to be very desperate to uh, go into close proximities of settlements. And when we read about those encounters when a polar bear enters the proximity of a, of a settlement that we have also to keep in mind we have built in their habitat so we have actually we gone guess. further north yeah. we have gone in there in, in in their living area and we are disturbing them there now one thing i remember from up there is um that you were you, you could kind of move freely within the city limits and then when you leave um it's a it's a highly recommended to have a gun with you to have protection with you um, but there's also kind of a, a an unwritten protocol and among locals um just in case you are in one of these cities and you encounter a polar bear and you don't have a weapon with you and that was that uh, they typically don't lock their cars. They leave their cars open. So you have a place to get to safety. And most people also don't lock their front door. So if you have an encounter, you can just walk into someone's someone's house and say, hello, I'm hiding from a polar bear. Yeah, there's also something that's um, yeah very known for uh, small communities. I mean, you know pretty much all your neighbors, so there is a, a big level of trust. You, you never lock your door. That's something um, I learned here in Iceland. I, for a very, very long time, never locked my door in, on the house and, until there was uh, a burglar coming in, into the neighborhood and just broke into uh, two houses in the close neighborhood. Hmm. Um before that, I never locked my front door, and I still don't look my, uh, lock my car. So um, sometimes I even have the 
um, situation that people running into a supermarket just let their car running, um, even though we don't get the temperatures where you have to be scared that you don't get your car started again. That's something completely different in Arctic Russia, for example. But um, yeah, keeping it open is definitely an exit strategy, um, pulling the horn uh, or just trying to drive off. Yeah. Easy as, it's get, as it gets, yeah. <sighs> okay, so... So polar bear, just getting a little bit more into the physics of the polar bear is um, there is probably no animal that's better um, adapted to um, to the life in, in the area. And uh, when you just um, see the uh, his fur, for example, um, we call him a white bear, but in fact he's black. His skin is black. Um, we have like a pink skin for uh, young animals, but uh, it turns black when it gets mature. And the the fur, which is between yellowish and whitish, um, is pretty much uh, very important for, for his uh, insulation. Um, apart from his up to 5 centimeter, 5 to 10 centimeter thick um, blubber layer in the top layer of the skin, we have this big fur, which is um, not only transparent, but it's also um, hollow. So we, we have... Um, a, a Do you mean the, fib the fibers of the, of the fur are hollow? Exactly. The, the hair, the single hair is um, hollow. So it um, saves heat much, much better than um, human hair, for example. Okay. So it's very, very well um, adopted. The, um, the, the white or the very bright fur is reflecting a lot of sun, so it's not absorbing too much heat. So it's very, very well um, situated, um, adapted to, to the life there. It has a polar bears have a much, much longer neck than other bears, a much smaller skull much smaller head than, than other bears, very, very tiny eyes compared to the size of the of the animal. And that leads to the idea that his eyesight is pretty similar to a human eyesight, while his other senses are completely different. So we, we have um, very, very sharp senses um, uh, for, for listening, for um, smelling, but very, very... Um, uh, average eyesight so no. so speak, speaking of the fur just just one myth i think that we need to talk about um which i think for a while has circulated and i read about it um and that is that uh, the 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 polar bear fur is kind of fiber optic that it's it, not it no. leads the it leads the sun beams into onto the skin and i think that has been completely debunked that is not the case true that's one of the myths that's definitely uh it's not true yeah yeah good so we have that one out of the, out of the way so um, polar in, bears. in fact the insulation of the fur is uh so good that if you try to do an infrared recording of a polar bear you won't be successful or you won't it's, see it on infrared no, you won't see a oh. polar bear on infrared. Okay. They are so good insulated, so that's very easy to uh, bust that myth um, doing an infrared uh, recording, an infrared picture of the polar bear because you won't see it. So Very, 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 very uh, little amounts of heat um, just radiated by a polar bear. So how do we spot them then? Just by, um, by looking? Visual, like, yeah, visual, visually. Okay. 
Or or by tracking them with a radio transmitter uh, receiver. Uh, <laughs> how, how many of them are yes. are chipped? How many of them have a have a transmitter on a collar? There is no real number um, on how many polar bears actually are having um, like a little transponder. It's um, no, um, there there are so many different organizations doing that, and there is no overall number on that. Okay, um, okay. I have I haven't done uh, in depth research on each uh, of those organizations uh, to find out a, a percentage. All right, but uh, but there are at least what I heard is up in Svalbard there are a lot of them have a have a transponder yes, around. Yes, Svalbard is one of the areas where you have a very decent. Um, coverage of research doing uh, uh, going on on the polar bears same goes for um, Canada for example um, we we estimate that there are 60 and uh, uh, between 60 and 80 percent of all polar bears in the world in the Canadian Arctic because it's also a second largest area and the largest one when it comes to sea ice coverage so we have um, a very big habitat here for polar bears but that's also a big range 60 to 80 percent 20 percent um in between is just um, yeah it's a it's a big estimate all right is there anything else we can say about polar bears other than they are they're truly amazing animals it's um it's a big question uh, we, we we have these uh, the, the reason why it's become has become uh the, the iconic uh, climate change uh, ambassador is uh, because of those uh, yeah, big tragic stories. Uh, the sea ice is going to um, to disappear and the polar bear will have no habitat. Um, on the other hand, we are uh, um, constantly talking about uh, can a polar bear adopt to a different um, lifestyle? Can he just adopt to a different um, diet? Um, in in fact, a polar bear's metabolism is um, has evolved into the habitat he is actually um, living in. So, the adoption to a different lifestyle, adoption to a different diet, to different prey, is it takes a long time to be honest. So he needs a lot of energy to maintain his. Um, his body structure to to maintain um, the ability to survive in the cold environment, so he would need uh, so much more other food um, that it's not possible for him to survive because it hmm. simply isn't there in that amount. Now the the polar bear is at the end of a food chain, pretty much, right? Yes. There is there's no no animal that eats polar bears, is there? Exactly, um, except for human. Well, do do humans eat polar bear? Yeah. They're hunted in, in Greenland, for example, um, for food. Okay, so the polar bear is being hunted. Yeah, the only thing you should not eat is the liver because that would just poison you. Because all, of all the bad things that we put in the environment that then end up in polar bear's liver, right? Yeah, not only, but yeah, that's okay. one of the facts. Okay, but, but, but not everywhere. So polar bears are, uh, where are they protected? Where are they being hunted? Uh, they are pretty much everywhere protected because we have uh, a conservation uh, status 
uh, internationally, which uh, classifies the polar bear to be a vulnerable. Uh, in Canada, we have a special concern. In Greenland, we have um, the status of being vulnerable. In Norway, which uh, includes Svalbard, um, it's considered to be vulnerable. In Russia, we don't really have um, we don't really have uh, conservation status. Um, different organizations have different statuses here. The International Polar Bear, how's it called? Pol polar Bears International. Um, they consider uh, the Russian polar bear um, population as uh, in, uh, indeterminate, um, but recovering. And in the United States, we have it threatened. So um, the the polar bear is kind is protected everywhere. We have only very few exceptions, and that's, for example, in Greenland, we have the right for the indigenous people to do a self-sustained hunting on certain species uh same goes like for a, whales for example is there, is there a polar bear quota same as a whale quota in some places i think in greenland there's a quota on how many uh, are allowed to uh to be caught yeah but i'm i'm, I'm not fully sure okay so yeah the polar bear being being a, a very important animal for many aspects not the least to remind us of the climate change that's going on all right so thanks henry for giving us that overview i mean this, this is it's you're very welcome and it's then, an amazing animal so um if you want to see one in uh, in his natural habitat definitely go to the arctic yeah we I, I still remember this very vividly the one time we saw one and it's a once in a lifetime experience it's 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 nothing that's uh kind of normal for people growing up in, in in the western uh countries so it is definitely a special encounter with uh such a majestic animal yeah. uh to just observe it in yeah its natural environment okay let's leave it at that this was the king of the arctic and we will be back in a week from now with a different topic until then, everyone, take care. Bye-bye.